Philadelphia. I'm Joel Embiid. Like, I want the ball. You can use John with anything. You could be like, yo, hey, them Johns is hot. Them, your shoes, you know what I'm saying? So it can mean anything. You are listening to The Fly Zone. We have made it to episode 14. I am one of your hosts, Candace McLean, and I'm joined with Deshaun the Connect Carter. This is The Fly Zone, as you already know, the Philly-centric podcast talking sports, news, culture, all things Philadelphia, from the people, for the people. You can listen to us. Yes, by the people, for the people. Check us out on Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iTunes. We have a couple platforms. Sean, where can you reach us on social media? At, uh, they can follow, the follow us on Instagram at the.flyzone. On Twitter, we are at theflyzone. Make sure y'all tap in each and every week. Greatly every week. Appreciate it. Do it for us. And I'm I'm feeling really good. You know why I'm feeling really good? Quite well, good. well, one, it's a snow day. We, we, we're actually recording live in the blizzard right now. So this is a dedication. It's a dedication. That's um, you know, the city is shut down, but not the fly zone. Feeling really good till I heard about this um James Harden. Um <laughs> somebody somebody is called I, I guess they got really, really, really good Coke dealers in Houston. Oh. Because the <laughs> because because the Houston Rockets actually called my man Maury. Yeah, that's my man, I know him. I know his mom and him. Sure, folks. Uh, yeah. His, his people know my people. So, you know, they call my man Maury talking about they won three first round picks and Ben Simmons for James Harden, who I who I who I saw yesterday came out looking like came out looking like he had had 20 Popeye's chicken sandwiches a day yeah i mean he, he was the jumper was still right the jumper was still right so i'm not gonna trash him in the jumper was still right but they called us and said for this trade for james harden which i don't want and we both you already said you don't want they I, want I, it's no way in god guys green earth i'm giving them three first round picks and ben simmons for when Ben Simmons is what twenty five, mm-hmm. and James Harden is thirty or thirty two or something like that, why would I? That don't even make sense. Three first round picks. So my future and the current star I have for a thirty year plus star and nothing. I don't even know. We cash and send us. I mean, they're gonna give us a, a, a hot pancake. Like, what are they? Are they giving us something else? Like, give it to somebody else. How about that? <laughs> give it to somebody else. Yeah, so I mean, I, I would have asked your thoughts on this trade, but I think we both know. You know, I sent them a um a video. To the to the Rockets Twitter, they didn't block me yet, <laughs> and it was, it was a nice little metal melody that went, "Get up off of the cocaine, get up <laughs> off of the crack, get your life together and get your mind back." Please, and uh, Please. that's where <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Let's talk about the actual Sixers who played actual basketball actually yesterday. Who won an actual against game. against the hated. Boston Celtics. Yeah, I, yo, I really, I'm, and I'm really starting to build like a strong, a real hate for that team now. I yeah. always hated them. I, I always hated them. I, I hated Paul I Pierce. Before. I hated Ray Allen. I hated Kevin Grant. I hated all of them. As as long as I can live and breathe in Rihanna's air, I hated the Celtics. So <laughs> even though it was preseason, I was like, we better beat this. <laughs> we better beat this. Oh no! Don't for think for one second. I wanted them to win that game. <laughs> exactly. for sure. I would text you early, like seven thirty that morning, like yo, I'm hot. So I, ca- I called you doing. I'm calling you doing again. What, what, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. Like what the hell? You even want us to four court with the backup, backup, backups, and I'm getting annoyed. We blowing the lead. I wanted, to, I wanted to Yo, stump them in the dirt. I wanted at 20 one point, points on the head. They came back. They chopped it down to like a six point lead. I was like, no, <laughs> no, like, no. And I'm sitting there yelling at somebody. I'm like, who is 33? Because I don't even know who the boy is. Oh, oh, the big guy, the big guy. White he can't cut the mar- he can't cut the marshal. I'm one. Mar- I'm asking like, why? I'm. One, I don't even understand why he got minutes. I mean, why is he even in the game? Well, and over Reed, but we'll get to that. We'll get to all that. So the Sixers won 108 to 99 in a game in which they led since the halfway point of the first quarter. Joel Embiid scored 18 points, had three rebounds, two assists in 17 minutes. So anybody who does math class knows that's that's more than a point a minute. Ben Simmons 10 points, two rebounds, two assists in 26 minutes. Tobias Harris, 16 points, nine rebounds, three assists in 26 minutes. Danny Green, three points, one rebound, one assist in 13 minutes. And Seth Curry, seven points, three rebounds, three assists in 24 minutes. I went through all those because those are the starters. So you got to get the you gotta get the whole starting lineup with what everybody did in the whole flow of the new Doc Rivers era. For sure. We also had help off the bench with the young rook, Tyrese Maxey. Eight points, one rebound, three assists in 18 minutes, including he made three straight shots at one point. He was in the flow. 
No, I was just about to say it's crazy. I didn't. It didn't even feel like he played 18 minutes for some reason. But I loved every second of it. I loved. He's every playing some bums. He's playing some bums. Yeah. And so as you're watching, you're watching him be run the floor. Actually, his he looks in shape. The spacing that we have with him and Danny, you know, Seth Curry behind his back pass and be with these floaters. The offense, we're doing a lot of pick and roll. We're doing a lot of, uh, as far as screens in the perimeter for our shooters. What you saw from the offense destruction with Doc is bringing to the Sixers. What did you like about the game? What did you think oh, we need to improve upon as far as what you saw on the floor? I felt like it. They, the, the flow of the offense was a thousand times better. I felt like people weren't confused. I felt like in previous years we were watching the Sixers and it, uh, offensively they just looked confused. Like nobody mm-hmm. knew what they were supposed to be doing. It would be times they would even say like, you know, they were still learning. I feel like now it's clear what their job is, what they're, what they're expected to do, what they're supposed to be doing, and they're out there executing. So I loved what I liked what I seen. I, I think the offense is going to get better. And I love, 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 love the defense. I'm not sure how many mm-hmm. steals they had, but they, I'm sure they had quite a few. Yeah. Um, Someone said a lot of getting number of them, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They were, they were, they were definitely handsy, real handsy on defense. I love that. Um, the offense and the crazy part, I think the offense is actually going to get better. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it could, I thought it could have been better last night. I wasn't tripping because it was the first preseason game. Yeah, but I thought they could have been a little more efficient out the gate. But overall, a little I, cleaner. I, yeah, yeah, I think there's a little cleanups and that they'll clean. That they'll, they'll deal with that. But overall, listen, I thought like I was watching an actual basketball, actual game. smart basketball, yeah. actual plays, actual yes. hat court offense. And you know it was crazy. I saw yeah. everything. I saw everything I needed to see in the first five minutes because it was when we were down six and beat looked like he was pissed off. Simmons looked like he was pissed off, and beat this this little hand signal to Simmons coming out the off the side. And I'm like, is that a what is that? And so we go down there, and Simmons drives hard to the paint. He slices. He passes right back to him. Beat. He has a nice little wide open layup. I said, "Oh, these niggas got hand signals now." <laughs> <laughs> like this is like women, women the Clippers had Courtney McGetty in them when they used to do their thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, "Oh, they actually but, communicating." I mean, even even when Shake came in doing the alley oops to you know to Dwight Howard, and I'm like, "Oh, we're actually playing above the rim, and there's communication between actual slashers and actual big men." Yes, this is crazy. The spacing I liked. I want to say this one thing. And I text you about Tobias. People could be fooled. We said Tobias had 16, 9, 3, and 3, which that's a good stat line. As you notice, he didn't do any of this production when Embiid was on the floor. And I'm sitting there watching Tobias when Embiid, he didn't do any of this till like the second second half. Most he, he I think he, he scored off of a putback missed dunk. That was his two points in the first half. That was it. And so I'm sitting there watching Tobias, and what I'm trying to get to is that Tobias doesn't know what he wants to do or can do with him beating the floor right now in his offense. He can't hang in the perimeter because Danny Green and Seth are here now. They're both shooters who are at the perimeter, so they're taking it up, up, up that space. When Embiid decides, and he's not running the screen for one of our perimeter three-point shooters, Embiid's in the paint. He doesn't know how to exist with a big man in the same vicinity as him. He just doesn't. put the first half of the game rebounding. And looking around, I mean, he he tried to he tried to hit the three pointer in the side. He tried to hit the, another. He missed. He kept missing. He just didn't seem comfortable in the starting rotation. Now it's game one. It's preseason game one. Yeah. So he might get some kind of instructions, hopefully Madaka or whatever, how to fit in. But it seems to me that is he was maybe when we at least when we had JJ or whatever, that was one shooter. The fact that we have two shooters in perimeter, he doesn't seem to know what to do. He's just gonna sit in the corner and just sit there and watch. If he tries to do his slashing thing, well, the guy, people who are collapsing on Embiid also are near him. So now, because he's the four. And so now he just seems to not know what to do. He dribbled, too, he was dribbling too much. Like, he just seemed to be lost. Once Embiid came off the floor, it, that took the guy out the paint. It, that's when he started t- trying to be physical and break, break, back people down and everything else. He just didn't seem to know. Yeah. So they weren't, yeah. they weren't, they weren't playing us the same way. The spacing was the same. You, even you saw in the second half, like Seth's, Seth Curry's numbers wasn't much as the first because he was getting all the spacing from Embiid from these screens and everything else. So you saw everybody, the whole offense completely adjusted differently, which we'll see how that's going to work out. And I think Tobias, unlike Seth, who can find a shot, who can put the ball on the floor and still drive to the lane, everything else, Tobias has to figure out what he wants to do here. I don't know if he got to live at the elbow. Seems, well, he seems I think to the, be the good part about that is not his job to figure that out. It's Doc's job. To figure out what he's like, what his job is in the ex- in the actual lineup. It seems that way because I feel like both shooters shouldn't be going to start in five. I feel like Seth should be coming off the bench because Danny's a better defender. Um, mm-hmm. 
And I th- I think because of that, taking one shooter off the off the starting five and having Seth come off the bench, or either one of them come off the bench, I think that opens up a little a couple more shots for uh Tobias. Well, he just gonna be always be that guy on the floor who's never gonna be that dude on the, that that nigga on the floor. Like I don't know, cause I th- I got I think Tobias can do it. He can score. He can I think he can score from anywhere on the floor. It's just when he's hot, yes. When he's I mean, on, he, he can. He has the ability to do that, and he can score anywhere on the floor. I just think it's just a matter of him actually executing what his job is, and him knowing exactly what yeah, his he, job he is. needs to be told what his job exactly is. Because when he's when he's thinking. It's not good. He's not a player that he's not. Impro- he can't improvise. Simmons will come down the floor. He's looking to scan and scan. He can, he can, he can go off the fly. I remember we had a Simmons stole the ball. He gave it to Tobias. I'm thinking they're gonna do a give and go on some alley oop shit. And then Tobias takes so long to get it about the Simmons that it gets blocked. And I'm like, that's I've seen it. I it. Yeah, please somebody can d- dial him in before we the game start next week. I don't know, <laughs> like the actual game starts. I think Tobias is gonna figure it out though. I think it's Doc and being though he had his best season with Doc. I think it's it's. It's bound to happen. He'll, he'll, he's, I think he's going to have one, one of, maybe not the best, but one of his best seasons this year. And I know you mentioned um, how you you want one of the shooters to go to the bench or not to the bench. We're talking about the lineup, the rotations. The second rotation had Simmons, Shake, Furcon, Mike Scott, and Dwight Howard. Then when they transitioned to the backups, it was Shake, Furcon, Matisse, Mike Scott, and Dwight Howard. As you already said, you wish that you had one of those shooters come down to second second rotation. What are your thoughts on the rotational depth? Do you think we're deep enough to have be a playoff pushing caliber team? With- I feel like I I feel like it's hard to kind of comment on the rotation now because I feel like yesterday we didn't really see the actual rotation. The starters played a lot of minutes yesterday, more than I thought they would have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the rotation actually look a little different. Um, but far as how, how deep so? the just because I think that the starters is, they're not going to play as many minutes as they probably I feel like they played damn near the whole first half. No, but that was intentional. But they also they didn't play the whole first half collectively. Like last year, it, it seemed to me the same rotation as last year in the sense of we start, then we put in B and Tobias on the bench, and then, and then Simmons transitions to being the leader of the second wave, which right. always which always built shake off the bench. And that's that's exactly what happened last night. That and B went to the bench, and this is the first quarter. Tobias came off. They put they put in Furcon. They put in Shake. Then somehow Mike Scott got put in. No, no, <laughs> Yo, seriously, why is Mike Scott still here? <laughs> I'm missing. Seriously. And so I think you're going to have the same rotation where it's like we're going to have the starters. Then Simmons is going to command the, sec- the second rotation. Then when Simmons gets tired, they're going to keep it as the second string. And then we're going to put in B back in. And then we're going to put Simmons and everybody back in, in, in the first half. And that's how the rotation – that's how we. That's how it looks to me. I have some real Fur- – Furcon is a gun. I don't know what his. Well, I don't understand why Furkan <laughs> is allowed, even allowed, to handle the ball. It why is he Furcon allowed to handle show. the ball? It was the Furkan show. Once it became the be- the backup, it was just Furkan and everybody watching Furkan. This is before Maxi got in the fourth quarter. Yeah. We're talking about the second quarter, the second quarter, the third quarter. It was Furkan backing people down. I'm like, what the hell is this? Yo, him taking him taking shots. Shake to the half court shot. I don't really know what, if our second rota- if our rotation is literally Furcon and Shake has to sustain us. I just don't know about that unit. I think mm. Dwight will be fine rim protection. I think will be fine as far as paint defense and everything else. And he can do some little offense. But if it's just them on the floor, that's how we lost our lead last night. Again, it's, it's preseason. It's his first game. But I don't know if they have enough. Not because of shooting, but because they don't have anybody that really can put the ball on the floor to me. And well, that's what supposed to be able to do. That's what Shake is yeah. supposed to be able to do. Yeah, I think he sees Doc sees something in Shake. Um, I'm not saying I don't see it. He, like he, you said, he, he exploded last night for 19 points. Um, I forget how many minutes he had. Shake is going to be all right. I don't know about. I think he can be that sixth man off the bench, but I I don't know if he's going to be. I don't think he has. I don't think he's really ready yet. Really ready. I think we live. Or, I think with the Shake situation is that we live. He's a streaky guy where we live or die with his ability to score. If he's on, then get him the ball. And when he's not on, God help us because he's not going to stop shooting. He took a half court shot yesterday almost. I know. And he was serious. It wasn't some buzz. It wasn't trying to buzzer beaters. It was like literally he he was he was open and he decided to take it from that deep. So when he's on, it's great. Like the Clippers game. But when he's off, God help us because he's going to be. The, he is a point guard of the second rotation, and he that offense will go as the point guard goes. That's how offense works. Yeah. And he's just going to be a gun. And I think and so that's where he I gotta get better at his shot selection. Everything don't have to be a three. And I feel yeah. like either three or it's like a sloppy drive to the hole. 
you it's, it's okay to find your mid-range your mid-range game a little bit. It's okay to break somebody down and or try to get a call. It's just I feel like he's just too one-dimensional. Everything is either three or get the ball up. Like I don't know. He just don't to me when I see him play, I don't think he's sure. I don't get I don't feel any confidence from Shake. And maybe that's what I'm what I'm trying to say. He doesn't give me confidence when I see him. No, play. Yeah, I think, I I, think I he's confident. confident. I think we're not confident. Watching Maxi. Yeah, it was his first game. I feel more confident watching him than I did Shake. But so that's why I'm picking picking Maxi. I think he's confident. I think I don't think I don't know about our confidence in him, but I think he's confident. Shake to my shake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you think about six man Montrez Harrell? He averaged like 18 points last year, 18 to seven. Because shake averaged 18 points off the bench. Yeah. 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 Really? If he get the, if he get in the minutes, yeah, I don't think he, I think he can do that. Yeah, so that's I mean that that's what I mean. Isn't that all it takes? I mean, I looked it up. Harold eighteen point seven rebounds, twenty seven minutes. He shot fifty eight percent from the field, which was tenth best in the NBA. He only had three starts. So he's eighteen and seven. Take in consideration that he's taking more high percentage shots than Shake is going to be taking. Mm-hmm. He down low. Shake gonna be jacking them threes up. <laughs> so what is Shake? I mean, because he's eighteen and seven. Like Shake is gonna get the points. I don't know rebounds or assists. I don't know. Like what is his other stat line? Sliding is it can score in his league, but it don't make you a six man a year. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I, and so he, I, he doesn't show me. He doesn't show me anything else. And that's what I mean. <laughs> like if he's not hitting his shot, his three, he don't give me nothing else. You can't. His defense isn't poor, but it ain't great either. You don't pass the ball well. You don't drive well. Nah. Eh. Uh, yeah. Oh, we, we're gonna see. We're gonna see. More, we're gonna see more of Shake. We're gonna see more of his rotation. Hopefully, more uh, Maxi and everybody else because we play the Pacers to Friday. Friday, Friday yeah. yeah. And then in, in Indiana, six o'clock. What are you looking forward to see from that? You want more rookies? You want more starting starting lineups to get cohesion? Because we did have some turnovers, so you kind of want them to get yeah. that stuff out the way. You want to see the starters? You want to see the rookies? What are you looking for in that game? Uh, I want to see both. I want to see starters first half, rookies second half. Um. Just because you gotta know what you have, I know you the, the starters got to get that that uh, chemistry together, but you gotta know what you have. You have to, yeah. and you, it can't just be practice. It gotta be against actual competition. So, I think uh, we'll see a, a lot more of the rookies. Hopefully, um, I'm looking forward to see what the rookies do. I didn't see a lot of Paul Reed. I want to see Paul Reed no. today. I want to see what no. uh, Bradley. I don't know how I'm just realizing this, but Bradley actually went to well, not my alma mater, but my favorite college basketball team, which is UNC. He actually went there, and I didn't even realize it until I seen him play. I'm like, oh, that's and the got- kid. But he was he was a bum at UNC. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> good kid, good kid. All right, I like the going kid. down bad, going good down kid. bad. But yeah, I wasn't I wasn't a fan at when he was in college. But I want to see Paul Reed. I want to see Paul Reed, yeah. and I want to see Maxi do that for a whole half. Yeah, I definitely want to see more of the rookies. I think I know what we're going to get from the starters, and I think we'll have a lot of the regular regular season iron out transitions and turnovers and everything else. And I think I liked – I mean, Embiid actually looked really in shape. He was running the floor everything else. So a healthy Embiid. Simmons looked dialed in. I don't really need to see much. Seth looks fine. I don't need to see much from them. I would actually like to see a volume of, like, 65% start, uh, rookies and, like, 35% starters maybe. I'll be, I'll I'll be, get, yeah. Yeah, uh, cool, I, and just to see more of the second wave, everything else, and that's that's what I'm looking for. Obviously, a win, win. I mean, a win is whatever. It's, it's preseason, but it's always feels good to win on a Friday. <laughs> everything else, why not? Listen, anytime you can beat the Celtics, beat up on the Celtics, I'm with it. I'm here for it. Yeah. Seriously. Speaking of wins, speaking of wins, the Eagles actually came. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of victories, and they beat the number one defense in the NFL. They beat a surgeon team in the NFL, which a uh, conference leading team in the NFL, which was the New Orleans Saints, to 24 to 21 victory. They came down to the wire, or even down to the pile up, because we had the whole onside kick fiasco that sealed the game for us. At this point in Doug Peterson's tenure, he is now 11 and 2 with a backup quarterback and 15 and 6 in December. Mm-hmm. Speaking of quarterbacks and backup quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts took the show. He was 17 of 30 for 167 yards, one TD. He also had 18 rushes for 106 yards. Hertz was pressured 14 times on Sunday. And on those plays, the Eagles gained 82 yards, and he took no negative plays, included no sex, which is, the I mean, I think it's the first time this year we had no sex given up. So that was a great number. But his second half wasn't, you know, we were all, it was all great. But the second half numbers were also, uh, but he was 5 for 9 for 38 yards, 11 runs with 38 yards, and he and a lost fumble. Somebody who was good well, all night who gave him the ball was Miles Sanders, who went 14 carries for 115 yards and two touchdowns. He's the first running back in eight years to have three runs of 70-plus yards in one season. 
And there are 11 runs in the year of 70-plus yards, and obviously we said Sanders has three of them. Unfortunately, Doug doesn't understand this because Sanders only has seven more carries than Lamar Jackson right now. (laughs) So so we need to iron that out. The receiver and tight end totals were not really something to write home about. Rager had two catches for 46 yards. Goddard had four receptions for 43 yards. Greg Ward, two receptions for 20 yards. Zach Ertz, two receptions for eight yards. Womp womp. Quez Watkins, one reception for three yards. Alshon Jeffrey had the one catch for 15 yards was on the f- for the touchdown. J.D. Ortega, Whiteside, and Quez Watkins both suited, suited up. And, and Quez actually out-snapped Travis Fulgham and was active over John Howtower. The game highlights included Alshon Jeffrey's 15-yard touchdown. We talked about oh, down. Time out. I don't mean to cut you off here. Quez Watkins had more snaps than Travis Fulgham. Correct. I'll snap him. And he and had it, one catch it, for three yards? Correct. How many catches did Fogum have? Zero? Zero. Because we don't have to up for like so many packages. Yeah, that's where we're living right now. I mean, we are, We talked about, like we just said, Miles Sanders has more, seven, only seven more carries than Lamar Jackson. We don't know Am I crazy? Are we no, crazy? you're not crazy. You're not. No. I, I don't understand. Usually don't understand. production. Usually you like production. Especially when you're getting nothing from your starters. <laughs> like, it, when you hear, the, hear these numbers, Zach Ertz, two catches for eight yards. Greg Ward, two catches for 20 yards. Rager's two catches. Like, like, it just blows my mind how somebody could be a Pro Bowl caliber athlete for years. Right. For years. Not one year. For years. Yeah. And then it's like, it just, what happens? And then you just fall off the face of the earth. And I'm not saying it's, it's his fault. Not. I'm not saying it's his fault. I'm just, I don't understand it. As a coach, I would take that personal. I would, yeah. I would take that person like, what the what hell am I giving you? On? What am I giving you? What am I doing? What is yeah. it? It's not I a Doug thing. is taking this personal enough. Like, no. I feel like he's walking around like these players are on some bullshit. And if they don't come on, I'm going to be like, Doug, he needs to make some changes, man. I'm so, I'm not, I know they won. I don't want to be the, the, the guy to come and piss on the. No, the, you, can, you can be whatever you want to be. That's the point of the podcast. But I just don't understand. What, like what Doug is doing, I don't understand no. what he's doing because it doesn't make sense to not. If it was just me and like it's showing it, I get exactly what's going on. Cool, but I don't get it. I don't. I don't get it. No, I, I don't, don't understand that production. Like I said, it'd be one thing if you had production. If we had multiple, a hundred yard receiver, one fifty yard receiver, if Jalen Rager and, and and Greg Ward was going for 100, 150, I would say okay, whatever. But right. when you have twenty yards from your starting receivers, fifteen yards from your number one, which is Alshon. Then it, then we'll, you put production on the bench. They asked Doug Peterson today actually about why do you why are you even Alshon snaps over Fogum. He said Alshon's healthier and playing better. I'm sorry. Well, off of those stats. In what off position? Off of those stats. One catch of 15 yards. We told you last week Alshon through four games had two catches for eight yards. So that means according to math, he now has three catches. I finally and that, get it now. That production was what? I finally get it now. Doug's on drugs. There, makes sense to me. He's on drugs. I makes finally sense get to it. Me. How is this dealing? Why? <laughs> How is what? He's playing better. Where he hasn't played better all season. He Tra- says healthier. Before he came in the game, Travis Fulgham was legit. He was your the only receiver you could count on. How do you? He was leading the league. He was leading the league in in yards till we, when he started. Exactly. And then he's playing. How's he playing? I, yo, I guarantee he only said that because Alshon caught that touchdown. I guarantee that's the only reason he said that. But if he didn't catch that touchdown, he would have had he no had catches zero the whole catches. Game. <laughs> Doug is on drugs, man. So as we talked about, Alshon had that touchdown catch. Miles Sanders, 82-yard touchdown run. Duke Riley had an inter- interception. Obviously, they put us in the red zone. Josh Sweat's strip sack in the fourth quarter, which obviously led to us from a seal in the game. And then a dramatic onside kick recovery in which Duke Riley told Jalen Mills in the pile, I don't care if we're here at 12 o'clock tonight, we're going to get this ball back. That's and right. That's, you need, a dog. That's right. That's what I'm talking about, baby. <laughs> Before we get into what do you think of the game and Hurts' performance and the defense stepping up, especially at the injuries, I want you to apologize to Josh Sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. For your hateration. Hell <laughs> you no. Giving out the and Josh. I'm going to tell you why I'm not going to apologize to Josh Sweat because Josh Sweat let me down for four years straight. I have not forgotten. Okay? I have remember, not. I remember him coming out of high school. And being so excited, oh my gosh, this nigga's an animal. You see him? He's a supreme. They was talking about he's a supreme athlete. He's a five-star defensive end. He's going to do this. He was supposed to lead the nation in sacks. Oh, 
he's did nothing. He does look like a supreme athlete, though. He more now power, does. More power to the black man. I'm happy for him. I'm proud of him. But I have not forgot those four years when he was wearing that garnet and gold when he was hurting my heart. Okay, for four years, I can't let it go. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready. Maybe Even next if- year. Maybe next year after that. But I'm not ready. I haven't what forgot. Got, what do you gotta do? Sack deck five times in the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's, not, what's deck number four? Sack deck four yeah. times. I'll be happy. Okay. Be happy. Next year when deck back, you get four sex minutes over. Yes. So we're not please. getting. We're not getting an apology from you. Not for, today. For not okay. today. Uh, what were your thoughts watching the game? What were your thoughts about how the defense played early on? Obviously, the injuries, injuries, Jalen Hurts' was performance, the offensive performance, and then, uh, you know, the overall, what you felt watching the game? I was astonished. I couldn't believe what the hell I was watching. Okay? <laughs> when they scored the first touchdown, I said, oh, shit, okay, they jumped out, scored a touchdown, cool. Yeah. And when the defense actually was playing well, uh, I'm not, I wasn't shocked at the defense. I was shocked that no. Doug was actually calling plays in Jalen Hurts' strength, to his strengths. Read options. Well, he's been running that all year. But yeah. it wasn't it wasn't no seven step yeah. drops. It wasn't he actually ran the ball, things he wasn't doing for Carson. I was I was astonished. I love to watch. I loved it was actually good to watch him get a win. It was. I thought Jalen Hurts was poised for it to be his first start. Thought he did some good things. I'm not ready to I'm not ready to sit Carson like completely yeah, get, I mean, get rid of Carson. I don't I'm not to not and that's not a knock to Jalen. I just he's just not ready yet. He's just not ready yeah. yet in my eyes. He played well. And that was the number one defense in the league. He played well, but I don't see it. Honestly, in my honest opinion, I don't see it going past that. Okay. Um, I told you last week that I thought Taysom Hill was a damn bum. Yeah, you did say <laughs> and, that. And if we didn't have every single person at secondary go down besides Jalen Mills, I'm, we would have held them to whatever. I'm yeah. over Mills. But McLeod went down, Slay got hurt, Maddox, the bum and dog, got hurt. So, but if, when we had them so called intact, Taysom Hill looked like the bum that I thought he would always would be, and his mama knew he was. <laughs> and so, let's start there. I like said we, we came. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and we we stopped them. You said like you were talking about like we stopped them. We we were we scored. The fourth down thing gave us encouragement. Miles Sanders gave Mal- Malcolm Jenkins a stiff arm on that touchdown. And I was Beautiful. like, oh, man. Like, you know. Beautiful. I don't know why we didn't have Rager return on punts, but that's just me. I don't get it. Like, I don't, I, I, the logic will never come to me. I want to say, Jake Elliott, idolater, I, your soul is required in hell. I want to let Jake know <laughs> okay. that if I ever see him on the street, we're going to have a problem. Yeah. We're going to have a problem. I, I mean, 22 yards. I'm yard, sick, it's I'm sick of I'm sick it's, 20, of it's twenty-two yards. It's twenty-two yards. And you, we just paid you. Shorter, shorter than, shorter than the field goal, extra point. It's shorter than the yards. extra point. I yeah. I saw idolater. Your soul is required in hell. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> as they say, New Jack City. I don't really know if I give Doug any kind of credit for anything. I I saw the game a lot differently, I guess, than other people saw it. I thought Doug called a mediocre game. We didn't run the ball more. I told you, Miles Sanders had 14 carries, so that was horrible. What he wasn't calling anything. What really was, what we seeing? Jalen Hurts, 18 rushes, 160 yards. Five of them were designed. So that was just Jalen Hurts, Hurts behind this horrible offensive line, using his God-given ability and rushing and, and creating, creating passing lanes or just taking off. These weren't designs. You know, why I know they were designs because we just said later on, Rager two catches, 40 yards. Zach Ertz two catches for eight yards. Greg Hort, you guys were 20 yards. If he was if he was designing such f- fantastic plays, why is nobody open? If he's so intelligent, then why is your dominant running back only have 14 carries? So to me, this was just something like Mike Vick saving Chip for that year and Andy later on, the people using that God-given natural ability to create plays where there are none. That's all it was. We still looked offensively as stagnant. Because the production, like we just said, the production was horrible. I mean, I don't know it. And I, again, this is separate from Jalen Hurts. Great job. He call, he he ran the plays that were called. He got us out of the great plays. He checked at the line. He he didn't panic in the pocket. He was very poised. He knew exactly what he was doing. 167 yards passing in the NFL is not going to get you anything in life. It's, it got you a win against the number one defense. I'm not taking that from anything. But I don't. And I'm not saying this on Jalen. I think it's still the play calling. Your play calling was 167 yards passing. 
Your play calling was 14 carries, Tui. The, I mean, at this point, he's not a number one rusher average in the NFL with Miles Sanders. Your play calling has your Pro Bowl tight end with, what was that? Two catches of eight yards. Eight yards. You have to get, yeah, you know, your, your number, your secondary receiver, it's two catches for 20 yards. This is your play calling. So outside of, I'm happy we won. I'm happy that Jalen looked poised in the pocket. He ran the office. I'm happy that he his his own talent, not the coach, his own talent was able to rush for his thirds down. I don't know why the hell you do a quarterback sneak with this with a guy his size. That's what I'm saying. Like when Doug had it to be intelligent, he wasn't. The first drive of the game, we went for a fourth down. We didn't. We didn't get it. We should have. We should have took the points. Yeah. We came back and scored another touchdown. We because those points, we were we were chasing those points the rest of the game. If we had the three points from if Jake made it from the first drive, the onside kick doesn't matter. None of this matters. Every, you know. So like the decision, the the quarterback sneak decision. There were several decisions. I'm like, what the hell is Doug doing? So to me, give for Jalen. Give for. You know, I guess the psyche of this team, especially the defense, the defense played really the pass rush, the line, they played well enough to win the game. And they that, really did what they had to do. And that goes to show that, because I heard, I've, I've been, I don't know if you've been hearing this, but I've been hearing a lot of people, not reporters, anybody, just fans, saying that, oh, um, they're, they're, they're done with Jim Swartz. Jim Swartz isn't doing a bad job. Especially what he has in the second, people exactly. heard every game. He's not doing a bad job. Any defensive coordinator is going to look like shit. If the offense isn't producing anything, correct, and then turning the ball, turning the ball over, which they did previously, putting you on short fields because you turned the ball over. Yes, that's exactly how it's going to look. Yes, and, and, and exactly going, look. I haven't checked this stat either, but I'm sure we're going three and out more than any team in the NFL. The defense, the defense that has played so many snaps is unreal. I mean, they showed us. They showed the graphic in the game. We are the twelfth ranked defense. We're fifth against. We're fifth against the pass. We're number one in sacks. We're number one in hers. We're number one in quarterback hits. We're number one in all of those. So I'm like, what we with this patchwork secondary, we're going to be rolling with. He's still producing a top fifteen overall defense, a top five rush defense. I don't know what you know. It, well, this is with the short fields. This is with the turnovers we had at the beginning of the year. At this, this is point, with the make him the damn head coach. <laughs> <laughs> Get Doug ass out of here. And so that that was my take from as far as the observations, the play calling, Doug's decision making, decision making is still whatever. The production is still non-existent, except for Miles Sanders when you give him the ball. Uh, and I'm happy, but I'm happy with one, and I'm happy that for Jalen Hurts' perspective, like he played well and yeah. he kept up this poise and everything else. That's all I can say. I don't. I'm not. I'm happy we won. And am I am I happy of the, with the state of the Eagles? No. Am I happy we won? Yes. Those are two different things. And I'm happy for the young man getting his first start and he's actually knocked it off against a good good opponent and all that. He showed his leadership. He showed his poise. He showed everything else. Yeah, that was good for his that, confidence too. Uh, we kind of touched on it. Well, I kind of touched on it. Why do you think we have a lack of production from the receivers, receivers or tight ends? What is that? What do you think is because we? I mean, and this let's say the last game alone. I mean, it's been all year, but from this game, is it because you, we ran more of the replays? Is it because you think Doug is just a horrible schemer, or do you think Zach Ertz now sucks? Do you think Greg Ward now sucks? Do you think everybody sucks? And we just we just in this a bit was is it a, is it a talent situation? I think that Doug Peterson doesn't know how to get his players involved. If your receivers are having trouble with getting open, creating space, right? Okay, so you you run plays or you or, or you scheme in a way where you can get them the ball. You know, mm-hmm. in space, but he ha- he hasn't done any of that. I think it's no. more it's more of that than anything. And I think the offense is so predictable. They're damn near, like we said before. They're damn near calling the plays at the line. So right. if a def- if a off- if a defense knows what you're doing, it knows what's coming. Who wouldn't? You know what I'm saying? Who wouldn't be prepared for it? So I think it's more so. I think it's ninety percent scheming and ten percent mm-hmm. the players. Yeah, but I agree. He's not putting the players in in good position. Yeah, and it's obviously we can end the debate with if it was Carson or not because the production is exactly the same as it was with Carson with the receivers and yeah. the tight ends and everything else. Receiver production, I mean, the number one receiver, well, the number one yardage was well, he was regular two for 46, but that came on 35 yards from that one play in which him and um, Zach Ertz had that cross already high five. Yeah. He got, could have been a pick penalty on us. Exactly. That was 35 yards right there. So after that, he didn't have really much any production. And so even to yeah, – can, can I ask a question? Not even ask a question. We drafted all these speed guys, and none of them really, and none of them really see the field. Right, that's that? what I'm saying. That's that's my biggest thing. Yeah. I think your point is 100 percent correct. I think it's completely on Doug. I don't think people woke up and didn't know how to run anymore. I think people I, four four guys are four four guys. They didn't decide to be five four seven guys because we're, he's the Eagles now. Exactly. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's even to have answer 
Alshon is healthy and playing better. That just shows your ignorance and you don't know what the hell you're doing. You have you actually had you are pinching your production productive receiver for unproductive ones. Because even John Hightower in the beginning, in the, when he was in the San Francisco game, everything else, John Hightower has two catches to fifty yards in the season right now. Yeah. He's on I the remember. bench because because uh, JJ think of Whiteside and Quez Watkins is thing. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's why is JJ it's even like, here? It's like if I'm in the car with you and I'm driving and you tell me make a left, make a right. Oh, wait, maybe is it left? Is it right? I don't know what the hell you know. If yeah. you're not confident what you're telling me, if you're not giving, me, then I can't do it. I think Doug not knowing if I want to have a big receiver this week and JJ think of Whiteside. I want to go all speed. I want to go four wide this week. I want to go five wide. I want to go empty. And he's picking people. That lack of what is our identity? It trickles down everybody. We are two tight end team. They were not two tight. We was a two tight end one week. Now we're four four receiver one week. Now we have five receivers. Now we're back to barely a three tight end team with Richard Rogers and, and everybody healthy. And, and I'm like, what the like they have no idea what their identity is. They have no idea. They don't idea. know how they want to run the ball. They don't know how to run power. They want to run a shotgun. They want to do this. They wanna, like they have we have no idea. And I think that that chaos has trickled down to talented personnel. I think I think Rager is talented. He is. Greg Ward is a good slot receiver. Yeah, I think you know, obviously Fulgham is talented. I Goddard is talented. I think all these talented guys didn't just wake up. It has to be with their being the directions they've been given. Exactly. Oh, not only scheming but changing things. Yeah, when it's not working. When it's not working. Yeah, your receivers are averaging like fifteen yards a game, twenty yards a game. Well, how do you not think? Let me do something different. Get why a more is he making yards. any adjustments? Why is every? Why is that? This predictable offense is remaining predictable. I mean, outside of that, we did have a good win. We did have a win against a good opponent. And Jalen Hurts did what he had to do. Yeah. As, from what you saw in your – from what you – because you see people react. I'm not an overreactor or everything else. I'm just happy we won, and I'm happy for the kid. He went through a lot of stuff with Alabama and Oklahoma and everything else. I'm happy for the kid. I'm happy we won. Is there a reality ever – was there a reality when he continues his path for the season? The pick wasn't a bad pick. Uh, nah, I, no, I'm not going to say <laughs> no. that because I still think we could have got something else, something right. more of a need because yep. we're not going to the playoffs anyway. So it's not like he about to right. save the season. So right. no, nah, I feel like we should, we could have went a different direction on that second pick still. Uh, I'm, I think, I'm not I mad that here. Uh, I would love him as a backup quarterback here if he would, if he yeah. would, if he's interested in that, but no, nah, I still feel the same way. That I feel pick about will pick. never be a good pick. I, I, I said that ever, it was a, such a bad pick. Yeah, you think about production that is coming from people who were in that position right now, like Jeremy Chen and everybody else. What we could have had, we have no safeties right now. McLeod's done for the year. Stuff offensive line definitely. I'll, I'll offensive line depth we could have had. Receiver depth we could have got. Everything else, you will never make it make me understand that you have a franchise quarterback you paid a five year extension to, and then you drafted a high pick as a quarterback. So I don't. It doesn't matter what Jalen Hurts will do or not do. It, that pick will never. You can you can separate the logic of the pick besides the production of the player, right? So yeah. Jalen Hurts can go on and be our starter, or he can do whatever. He to do everything else that pick will never make sense because on that day you had a franchise quarterback with a five-year contract extension and you needed you had holes everywhere defensive line linebacker still safety corner receiver offensive line and you chose to get a backup quarterback with your high pick so exactly. that pick regardless of what jalen does like you know Lord, it just will never be a good pick it will never ever be a good pick and i'm gonna say i hope it i hope it doesn't save howie's or whoever's job because it will never ever 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 be a good pick I think the, fr the the first pick was even a bad pick. Not that Riga's a bad player because he's not, but you know it wasn't the product. It wasn't the most productive receiver he could have got at the time. Exactly, it wasn't. And we see it, and, 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 and at the time that was our most pressing need. Mm -hmm. And you didn't even get the best available receiver. It was. I, I don't know what yeah, Howie's yeah. doing. I don't know what the hell Howie's doing. I thinking. will say. I will say. I am enjoying having a black quarterback right now. <laughs> the swag. I love it. The, the dancing. I love it. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I love it. And I think but, that's where the league is going anyway. Yeah, of course. And speaking of the black quarterback, speaking of left, let's, we do play the Cardinals, which will be a matchup. And they already announced Jalen Hurts is starting. So it will be a yeah. matchup with two athletic, young black kings at quarterback, Kyle Murray versus Jalen Hurts. We already lost Rodney McLeod for the year. Jack mm -hmm. Driscoll, who was playing well at right tackle. He's done. He's done for the year with an MCL sprain. Devontae Max got banged in the last game. Who cares? He's a bum. Darius Slade got back up in the last game. Uh, we could keep going. What are your thoughts on the battle of these quarterbacks, and what is your prediction for the game against Arizona? I love it. I love the battle of the quarterbacks. Um, two young guys, 
of course, Kyler has the more the better amount of experience being a starter for the second year. I think Jalen's going to hold his own, though. I don't think he's going out there and lay down and make a bunch of mistakes. He's super mature for his age. So I think it's going to be amazing to see two black quarterbacks face off like that, two young black quarterbacks, because they did the uh, Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray thing before. My prediction for this game, man, <laughs> this is hard. Arizona just, but Arizona just beat tw- the Giants twenty six to seven. They they snapped a three game yeah. losing streak, so they're not perfect. Per se. No, no, no. Yeah, I know. I, yeah. Oh, trust me, I know exactly who the Cardinals are. I yeah. know as far as like a football team, I know exactly yeah. who they are this year. But I know who we are too. Exactly, we still got Doug Collins play. <laughs> exactly. So if I'm gonna be if I'm gonna be real about it, I have to pick the Cardinals to win the game just because mm-hmm. I don't I don't trust Doug to to even if we are in position to win, I don't I don't trust Doug to call a, a good game consistently. I don't know. So the band is though that I feel like Doug is on an off year. His play calling is bad. We hurt on defense even more. So I'm going to have to give it to the Cardinals 28 17. I'm having nightmares about D hop on these corners right now. I just know, we, like I said, we still got Doug at play calling. We still, and I will not go against my decree. I'm not picking the Eagles ever again this year. I don't care. Um, <laughs> And I'm and I had you know I've only been wrong once, which is the Saints game, and so with the secondary issues we have now, McLeod, I guess with Kayvon Wallace with the start, I, the Arizona's not really a great team, but we don't have to be great to be Eagles because our coach will beat us beat us for you. If y'all forgot, we tied with the Bengals. With the play calling and the lack of giving Miles Sanders the ball and the Alshon Jeffrey feeding, so I think that. Jalen will probably produce like I agree. We'll probably get 17 points out of it somehow if Jake can make a field goal. Arizona. <laughs> Because our linebackers lack such discipline, and they're going to run a lot of ghost ghost motion at us and a lot of stuff. And because they have DeAndre Hopkins as the best receiver in the NFL, they're going to put 33 points on us. That's possible. That's possible. To me, injuries. Jack Driscoll actually hurt us more, a lot more than Peters and everything else. He actually plays well when he's healthy. Then we met Pryor direct tackle this week, who was horrible when okay. we didn't And made a lot of left tackle. Yeah, oh yeah, I mean he's solid, but like it's it's the interior. As you saw with the quarterback sneak, that's our oh, problem right now. I know, yeah. <laughs> and so you know, I just I think Jalen Hurts will have another probably another you know, hundred yard rushing performance. We running for his life. I don't think Doug's gonna have any improved scheme to do anything at all when it comes to. We can't I, trust I, Doug to do anything. I think right at I think if this if, I think if the Cardinals are intelligent, they'll watch the Seahawks take tape and put Buda Baker exactly what they did with Jamal Adams to us and have him with the line of scrimmage and just attacking us at that safety position. Cancel all these re often plays and it just won't look really good for us protection wise, offensive wise, any wise, kicking wise, defensive secondary wise. I can't think of another wise. So yeah, 33 to 17. <laughs> that's the prediction. And God help us, all of us. Please. <laughs> you and yours. God bless Philadelphia. And we, we're going to see Jalen Hurts against the Cardinals, but. He also came up another story this week as you sit into the culture side of things. After Jalen Hurts threw that 15-yard touchdown to Alshon Jeffrey on the fourth down play, he celebrated by throwing up his hooks, representing the great fraternity of Omega Sci-Fi, aka the cute dogs. I'm telling you, I'll be out there and I hear a dog. I'll hear a bark. Now I think it's a cute, but I think it's an actual dog. <laughs> I was there. I, this actually happened with Shanice, our cousin. I was out and <laughs> we was on the street and I heard barking. I said, "Is cute out here?" <laughs> and so he started losing it. I'm like, I'm like, that's how ingrained this is me. And it was actually a real, it was actually a real dog. I said, like, oh, I guess. It's a, it's a, it's a dog. Uh, and Philadelphia reporter Rush Joy posted a video, the video of the moment when Hertz made the cele- did the celebration, throwing his hooks up. And he, he, in this tweet, he said, Jalen Hurts throws a TD and channels his inner Gene Simmons. That tweet <laughs> went crazy around the world, crazy around the net. A lot of people had different reactions to it. You know, I saw one tweet that said black and white people really live in different worlds, which I, we know that every which day a, to be uh, true. Uh, That's straight, straight fact. Other people came to the defense saying, is he supposed to know what the black, who the black fraternity is or fraternities at all? Other people got offended that he even mentioned Gene Simmons because why would Jalen Hurst know what the hell Kiss is or Gene Simmons or be a fan of them? Yeah. You can't be, I'm not saying music taste is music taste, but like that was a weird reference to a kid that's only 22 years old. Yeah. And so and other people got frustrated, even explain the process to people about what a black fraternity mean to us as a culture and everything and significance. And black people say, here we are again, once having to explain our culture and why is it on us to talk about something that's over a hundred years old? Why is it once again our responsibility to educate somebody who just should have done his fucking job and like looked into something. And so as you saw the slip up, I have several thoughts on it. I don't know if I want to ask you, what, what are your thoughts on his post, 
the reactions from it? Did you, uh, is that people found it funny? I didn't find it funny. What, what was your reaction to seeing this? It thing? wasn't funny. I, I was, I was, I was taken back by it because it was just like, mm-hmm. what, on a sense of like, what is he even talking about? I feel like that was right. a comment. That was one of those comments that you really keep to yourself. <laughs> that was a comment you keep to yeah, keep yourself. That, keep it in drafts, partner. Keep it in drafts. Yes, Never, serious, <laughs> seriously. And I thought the reactions were violent. I thought the reactions were violent. It's like why? Cause why are you even? Why are you even comparing this young man to, to this to this older guy? <laughs> why? Like why? And yeah. and it's fun. And I think it's even more frustrating because you said it was a comment saying that why do we always have to explain about what's right. wrong and what's right to say? Yeah. It's like, why, it's like as if y'all are not adults, as if y'all don't know right from wrong. We, have, we know school, school is free, everything else is free. Yeah, it's um, like educate yourself if you're going if you're going to speak out to the public about it. Right, you know, you're talking to your friends, and that's what y'all get into, and you know, do your thing, man. But if when you in, when you like un, under the public's eye like that, you can't just start shouting shit out. You can't just no, you say can't. shit like that. Like that was completely no. irresponsible. It was unacceptable. And correct. Uh, he, I feel like he should yeah. give Jalen an apology, or, or just, uh, you know, I want, I want him to apologize, apologize to the black, black community. <laughs> exactly, like right? black apologize people. to all the of whole, us. Yeah, because so I ain't mean, like that shit. To his point, he did apologize, and he said he's not going to take the tweet down. He said he didn't know it. He didn't know he was a Q. He never heard of Omega Sci-Fi. He never heard of any. Of any course, you didn't. You didn't. And of course not, because you exactly. So he said he's not going to take it down because he refuses to take it down because if he takes it down, it's not going to. It's going to end the conversation. He wants to educate people. Everything else. So he he apologized. I guess I don't know if he's apologized. He just looked at the quote. That's not an apology. Leaving yeah. the tweet up because all you're getting is more publicity. It's on your shade room. It's everywhere. So like, exactly. there's nothing to you. I want to say multiple things here. As a person in media who's interviewed a lot of people, do your damn job. You know how many times I interviewed a chef or somebody at the Philadelphia Film Festival? I got to look into them. You know, like if I'm doing the Philadelphia Film Festival and I'm interviewing some director, I got to look at that movie. What's that movie about? What's everything else? This is, the, this, is, this is not some random dude. He was a highly recruited player. He went to, he went to Alabama, SEC champion. One of the biggest universities on the planet. Heisman Trophy runner-up. Yep, second place. National champion, second round pick to a team you actually cover. You're an Eagles beat Raider. Then this kid who has his own stardom, right, comes to the team, and he's named the starter. I would think that as a person in media, you at least go to his Instagram page, where the cues are all over it, by the way, would have looked up, like, so the first part, as a person in media, like, I was kind of like, as many times I looked up, I covered some band. I was covering some band last year before the pandemic. I'm in the pit taking photographs. I, I put that music on a whole day. And I never listened to it. I put their albums on all day. So the basic, like, do your damn job. Of if you're going to look into something, and you sit there looking in the shop, how did I step into this? Why am I getting yelled at? Well, just do your damn job. That's it. And Cover you'll your see why, why it's offensive. So start from the start from there. Cover do your, your damn job. From the to the point of people who just said, "Oh, it's just a threat. What's the big deal?" and who just kind of diminished the outrage the culture has because for white people, it's kind to them is like, "Oh, this is just a fraternity." To them, the fraternity is like you had a house, you played beer pong. Like, no, as we said before, black culture in this country was made from the boat, meaning we had to make our own identity, make our own voice. And the one way we did it was through these HBCUs when they finally gave us a place to go to college. And I went to the (laughs) first one, the first HBCU. (laughs) When they finally gave us a chance to go to college, we created the Divine Nine, right? This is a part of the fabric of a black identity. Are we all in them? No, but we all hell knows what the fuck the Divine Nine is. Yes. And so when you're, we're not just talking about, you know, you know, oh, it was just some fraternity where people got together to do some parties. This is a brotherhood. And then for for girls, it's a sisterhood. This is a community. This is our culture. Yes. It's not just a some kind of club where, you know, you're hanging out. This is literally how we built our... This is one of the building blocks of Black identity in this country, in society. Seriously. Period. So, we're not, so when you sit there and you say, well, get off his back. He just didn't know his fraternity. Like, like that's his life. That's gonna be his life throughout. That's yeah. that's a legacy. And then not only that, stop commenting or giving an opinion on things that don't affect you. This don't got Thank nothing you. to do with you or your people. Thank Why are you, you talking about get Thank off his you. back? Like mind your mind your business then. Thank get you. Get off my back. Like this Thank don't have you. this doesn't affect your people. This doesn't affect you. So keep your comments and your opinions to yourself unless you're asked. Nobody asked you. Thank you. 
And so I think, and I'm not here to educate white people. I agree with the person who tweeted, like, why do we do that? I'm not here to educate you at, at all. The reality is, just understand, these fraternities, these things, their significance, they align with our culture. They align with our blackness. It's not about, oh, whatever. They align with our who we are as people. It's been around since, it's been around since 1911. It's over 100 years old. Like, Langston Hughes, Martin Luther King is a Q, Jesse Jackson's a Q. I, a guy you covered, Malcolm Jenkins, on this team was a Q, a used Q. to stroll in your locker room. How did you not know? Shaquille O'Neal, Michael Jordan, these like, actual huge figures in the world. Like, read a fucking book. Seriously. And, and it would have took you all of five minutes to do that. Yeah. And even to a point, if you want to get further in your sports career in media, like, at top of the media, Stephen A. Smith is a Q. Like yeah. look 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 around like look really look around. Y'all will quote MLK and then sit there and say, you know, but MLK will be doing this and y'all posting his peace quotes and he's a damn Q. And you're saying and you're talking you want telling me, oh, it's just a it's just it's just a club, it's a kind of club, it's not that big of a deal. What the <laughs> hell? It's just a club, okay. Yeah, like that's what I'm that's, saying. And, like, that, that's, and it's just that's just like you said, do your job, bro. That's a part of literally a part well, of your it job. Wasn't, it wasn't him saying this is a club. It was a, it was the people on the thread saying pretty much white people telling other black people. So I love when they try to, to diminish our offense or something, right? So yeah. it's never they're policing how we're offended, right? So they tell us get off his back. He didn't have to know it's just a fraternity. That shows your ignorance. Exactly. Like like I said, since 1911, sprung out of HBCUs. This is our culture. This is our identity. You don't get to tell us how, it's like what we identify as. What what was a building block for our culture for our people? Where it's, if, if if a person I don't this is how you this is how you the disrespect this is why I say about the disrespect between cultures for a certain people for the majority where it comes from. If a Latino, if a, if an Asian person, if came to me and said, if I didn't know something and I said this is significant to us, I'm gonna say okay, and I'm gonna, like I'm trying to hell up. It has nothing to do. It's not, my, it. it's not even my conversation. I would never jump into. If somebody disrespected Indian culture or whoever, and there's a thread on it and say to the Indian person, I don't think you should get upset because they didn't know. This has nothing in my argument to make. This has nothing to do with me. I'm not here to de-escalate anything. I'm not here to navigate the conversation or police it. That is that that is something that is your culture. But that thread and the countless people who was kind of like, it's not a big deal, or whatever. How would you know? Who asked you? Exactly. What authority do you have to talk to uh, a organization that's been around longer than my black than black people can be vote, be individuals, been held in anything? You can't talk about anything. Anything, and and that's because and they, people and they do that because they're so privileged. They feel like they can do, they can comment on whatever whatever they whatever they feel. Listen, yeah. if somebody got a problem with if, if somebody had a problem with your hair, I won't be surprised. Oh, I don't I don't like that hat. But it's my hat. <laughs> like don't. Leave leave things where they are if they don't have anything Thank to you. do with you. Like Thank don't you. make comments on things or give your opinion on things if you're not asked about things that you don't understand. Right. Like you don't even understand what's about the context of the conversation or the, or the comments he made. Like stay Maybe. out of it. Like these Maybe. Karens of the world, black people don't do shit like that. Because <laughs> You leave a motherfucker alone. He don't. You know. You mind we your mind, business. We, we mind our business. This ain't nothing. To do. We mind our business. Chill. I'm into that. Yeah. Chill. Yeah. Stay out of black Chill. excellence. Stay out of black legacy. Stay out of stay out of the conversation we, we deem significant. If you don't know what it is, that's one thing. That's fine. You, you just ignorant. Look, look, read a book. I can't, whatever. But for the people who we we explain, we people in the reply said this is what it is significant to us. It means something. And you still want some. It's just a fraternity and everything else. Stay out of legacy. Dot little Martin Luther King. Stay out of links, legacy of Langston Hughes. Stay out of legacy. Oh, Shaq, Jesse, Jesse Jackson, stay out of the legacy of black excellence. Leave brothers, our, stay out of stay it. Out of, stay out of black excellence business, please. You, have, you don't, you don't belong there. You. you don't belong there. It has nothing to do with you. And never you can never be invited to it. You would never be invited to a cookout. And I, we ain't handing out past <laughs> anyway. Listen, That's all I, got to say, I ain't buddy. giving out no more black cards. And, and shout, right. to, shout out to the Devon Non, stroll, everybody strolling everything else. Shout out to y'all doing the work and obviously inflaming some people today. And we'll get to the last segment, which is the bulletin board. We run through all the events, cultural news, everything going on in the city. East Passyunk Avenue is changing their holiday traditions up this year. And they're celebrating plain honors, non-medical essential workers throughout the neighborhood. There are photos on East, East Passyunk Ave right now 
There are pictures of septa bus drivers, sanitation workers, grocery staff workers, everybody who's done so much during the pandemic. The photos were taken over the summer. The photographers did at a distance and actually took pictures of the essential workers. And now they're being displayed with snaps of their faces and what their job title is. The photo displays can be seen daily. Through Sunday, January 3rd, the window is going to be lit up from 4.30 p.m. to 2 a.m. So if you want to go past the Singing Fountain East past Young Avenue and see the cool photos of the non-essential health workers, except the drivers, the sanitation workers, like we say, getting us through the pandemic, by all means, it's a good thing. The COVID vaccines have come to Philadelphia. <laughs> The vaccines were actually started giving out today, which is Wednesday, if anybody's listening, whatever, Wednesday when you're listening. And the first wave, 36,600 doses were administered this week. And another run of Pfizer doses is going to come next week, which is 27 doses of the Moderna vaccine. Deputy Mayor for Public Health Tom Faley on Tuesday said in a news conference that healthcare workers are going to get it. As, as far as the rotation of who's going to get it first, healthcare workers, residents at nursing homes, critical critical infrastructure workers exposed to COVID, on the job people like police officers, firefighters, bus drivers, sanitation workers, resident workers in congregational settings that are not nursing homes, people with underlying medical conditions, and the rest of the general public. So that's how it's going to go. Those are the tiers. We got to go through that to get to the regular general public. Obviously, for real reasons, because those people. Uh, are you taking a vaccine? I think that's not even a question for me anyway, right now, anyway, because it's so far, it's going to take so long for it to get the regular people that by that time we'll see what the situation is. Like, we won't get, I won't have access to that vaccine until like May or something. So when May comes, we'll see how, I'll, I'll look if, I, if anybody's growing another leg or something like that before. But yeah. we're so far off from a general public, like we said, healthcare, work, like, it's it like seven tiers before we got to general public people. Right. right? Yeah. So like I don't that's and the doses thirteen thousand doses this week twenty seven thousand doses next week it's not going to come it's not like they're going to vaccinate this whole city in time soon yeah no, get, I don't know. so you know like I don't want to be a part of the first wave of the vaccine anyway like I said well when when they ask in May or June or July twenty twenty one whatever it is we'll see you there um. Fairly said the first two tiers will receive an initial tens of thousands from Pfizer and Moderna, which can mean months before the next tier even comes. So the next, they said months before the next tiers of inoculations begin. We, we Even months for the actual essential workers before it even gets to us. So that's that. Christmas Under the Water has come back to the Camden Adventure Aquarium. If you want to take your kids to the Camden waterfront and have kids marvel at the world's tallest and longest un underwater Christmas tree, you can, alongside thousands of twinkling, light, twinkling lights, color shows, visitors get a chance to see Scuba Santa and his elfish <laughs> helpers underwater. I don't want you to see that in no bathing suit. You see, uh, he has a full suit on. He has, he doesn't have a bathing suit on. He has, oh, actually, right. has a Santa, he has a Santa costume on underwater. Oh, all right, that's lit. <laughs> so that, I mean, listen. <laughs> also, this Sunday is a soulful Christmas at the at the Kimmel Center. This this Sunday, seasonal spirituals and gospel songs put together by WDS FM to get you in the holiday spirit. Choirs from nine Philadelphia congregations, including the historic Mother Bethel AME Church, provide the soundtrack for a two-hour experience playing locally on 105.3 FM. Led by station on-air personality Patty Jackson. She has a great seasonal voice, by the way. Patty Jackson <laughs> was made for radio. At the end, the Kimmel Center's artistic musical director, Dr. J. Donald Dumpton. Tune in and catch a stream on the Kimmel Center's YouTube channel after December 20th performance. So if you want to get some gospel Christmas on, why not? I mean, I know the Kirk Franklin Christmas album must, you know, shout out. Now behold oh, the land. <laughs> As we already said last week, Black, Fri Black by Black Friday is continuing every Friday in the month of December. It's up for Black, 130 Black and Brown businesses in the city of Philadelphia. If you want to get in the holiday season and get gifts, please shop Black. Everything else. And Sunday, I mean, we did say it's so for Sunday, but it's also National Sangria Day. So if you really? wanna, Yeah. So if you any of your favorite place in the city and get sangria, everything else, you can do that on Sunday while listening to the gospel music or not. I don't know how you want to roll it out. Uh, but and also, as we we like was mentioned in the beginning, we are in a blizzard. It is a cold blue effect for the city of Philadelphia right now. If you see someone on the street who needs shelter or services, please call for homeless outreach at 215-232-1984. So again, it's a cold blue. If you see somebody who needs help, please reach out for that number. And that's the bulletin board. We're going to put this episode out tonight. <laughs> East Pass Young Avenue is doing the essential worker tribute. You can see great photographs of non-essential medical workers throughout the city. Like I said, bus drivers, sanitation workers, grocery grocery clerks, people who actually held us down in the pandemic. The COVID vaccines are here, but they are coming at a turtle 
race. So we won't <laughs> be getting them anytime soon. Anytime but soon. when we do get them, we are the 10th, 12th, 20 million tier if you're a regular person before you can even see any kind of needle at all. So hopefully they'll have all, 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 the, all the kinks all the here hashed out like, by them. It's like with the iPhone uh, updates. And like, exactly. Let everybody download it first and they say, oh, it's yep. update. Get now, download to my phone. Exactly. If you want to get out the house and want to take your kids somewhere or you just want to go see underwater stuff because you like fish, the Camden <laughs> Aquarium is doing Christmas Under the Sea. Again, the world's tallest underwater christmas tree how do you is there a competition for that is there it another be, i guess <laughs> <laughs> it's like you do one thing you're like oh i'm the first person who did it. it's the biggest well because no one else is doing it yeah but, <laughs> who else is that's underwater? okay but either way it's the world's largest underwater christmas tree and there will be santa and his elves and his helpers underwater with the scuba tanks waving to the case waving to you if we get some pictures this sunday is a soulful christmas at the kimmel center Listening to Patty Jackson on 105.3 WDS. She's going to be joined by several gospel choirs from churches in the city singing the best gospel Christmas tunes and getting you in the soulful spirit for the holidays since Christmas is a week away. Hey. And, and we got throw on the ground, so we got the Christmas fill of Christmas vibe and yeah. all that already now. I'm about to some hot chocolate. Chestnuts are roasting, so to speak. So to speak. <laughs> Shop black. I love hot chocolate, by the way. Shop black businesses on Friday again. 130 black and brown owned businesses are in the city every every Friday in the month of December is the Shop Black Friday, and Natural Sangria Day is on Sunday. So if you want to go shop, get your soul on, go to the aquarium, then get sangria junk. We we will not hold it against you. <laughs> this is how you want to roll it out. And oh yeah, well again, once again I'm gonna repeat it. It's a code blue. If you see homeless oh, yeah. people in the street, if you see somebody, see somebody in help, please call for homeless outreach at 215-232-1984. You can request help anytime, any day or night, anytime, day or night, to get homeless outreach for anybody you see on the streets right now. It's cold out here. It's frigid. You know, like we said, chestnuts are roasting. Chestnuts are <laughs> so, roasting. Please do your best to help out people in the city. Yes, please. And that's wrapped up episode 14. And we had a good time. The Sixers won. The Eagles are actually going Eagles up. actually won. Oh, if you shit. don't, if you don't know black things, stop speaking on them, people. <laughs> Period. I wish they could see my face. <laughs> Period. And the bulletin board, like we said, all these events going on crazy in the city. And that's been episode fourteen, Sean. Fourteen in the books. Fourteen in the books, baby. We coming. <laughs> and guys, stay safe out here. It's cold. It's frigid. It's pandemicy. It's we in, we in a pan, we in a paramore pandemic. <laughs> Get it together. <laughs> and I'm one of your hosts again. I'm Candice McLean. And I'm going with Connect Carter. And we're saying stay safe, people. Peace.